Hello, I'm Dave Epstein. Welcome to this edition of Growing Wisdom. And today we're going to talk about plant diseases from too much rain. And I'm going to really concentrate on tomatoes. I know many folks, even if you're not a big gardener, you love to have your tomatoes. Those fresh garden tomatoes are certainly amazing. And as I'm recording this, I am literally standing here watching rain just pelt down. We've had well over an inch of rain. This is all from a tropical storm called Elsa, which here on this particular day is moving through, uh, moved off the coastline of the mid-Atlantic, will move across Massachusetts, and then on up to the Gulf of Maine. And by the time you're listening to this, that whole thing may be over, but you still want to understand some problems with diseases for tomatoes. So let's talk about them a little bit. And I, I like to think of my tomato diseases in several different camps. So you have diseases of the foliage, you have diseases that are in the soil, you have diseases that affect the seeds, diseases that affect the stem, and diseases that actually affect the fruit itself. And so it can really be a challenge to grow tomatoes. The ideal conditions for tomatoes would actually be no rain except uh, a way to get the rain onto the ground and not touch the foliage and there would be no splashing and it would be, you know, irrigated with wonderful water that wasn't from your town municipality. So it had all sorts of wonderful things in it that the natural rain has. But unfortunately, for most of us, that's impossible. We're not growing in greenhouses and you are susceptible to the rain that is coming down. And when the rain comes down, uh, what it does, especially when it rains hard, it's splashing on the ground and it's moving spores of fungus and bacteria and viruses. And it starts to hit those lower leaves, which then eventually moves to the next set of leaves and the next set, and pretty soon your whole plant has begun to die. So before I even talk about some of the ways to either prevent or hopefully cure some of the diseases, you want to think about your tomatoes uh, in terms of the way you grow them. So a few things. Number one, you really do want to rotate your crop. If you plant the tomatoes in the same area year after year after year, Eventually, some sort of disease is going to get to that area, and then you're just going to be planting the tomatoes in an area with disease. And I fully realize that some of you don't have gardens big enough, but try to do it. Try to rotate, even if you're going from one side of the garden to another. If you have a small garden, that alone will help a little bit. If you have containers, get rid of that soil after a year or two and certainly recharge it. You know, add in some good compost, add in some organic nutrients. If you just keep putting the tomato in the same pot year after year, it's going to be deficient from nutrients and you're ultimately going to end up with some problems with the tomatoes and diseases. Also, don't crowd your tomatoes. They need good air circulation. Good air circulation is one of the things that really helps prevent disease. So even in the you know very humid conditions of midsummer, if you have some of the air flowing around those tomatoes, the leaves will be able to dry out. They will not be as susceptible to disease. Take off those lower leaves. So with my determinate tomatoes, I like to take off generally about the lower 8 to 12 inches of leaves. And so almost like a little tree stalk. And then with the indeterminate tomatoes, those are the ones that keep growing all uh, year until you get a frost or a freeze. I like to take off actually, you know, up to two feet underneath of leaves to really have those uh, stems wide open and have that circulation around. And also when the rain splashes down, it's not going to have any leaves to hit. It will hit the stem obviously, but it's not going to hit the leaves. So that's another way to kind of mitigate some of the disease. And then you really want to look at your plants and, you know, take out some of those 
long branches that might be growing out of the side that are not allowing air circulation. I learned as a, as a kid to take out the suckers, which is, you know, you've got your main stem and then you've got your, your branch that's kind of growing at a 90 degree angle. And then there's a little sucker that comes up in the 45 degree angle between that main branch and the side branch and to take those out. And the more I read, uh, I, I think that, you know, kind of just selectively pruning your tomatoes, allowing for good air circulation, uh, pulling up those lower leaves and spacing them with enough space so that the air is circulating around them is just as good as removing the suckers. Now, you may be listening to this and thinking it's utter nonsense and you've been removing the suckers out of your tomatoes for, you know, 25, 30 years and you can still do it. But as I, again, as I read it and, and some of the evidence starts to show that maybe we don't need to necessarily do that. Now, again, I can't explain uh, on a podcast, every single type of leaf. But, you know, if you're looking at your leaves and you see, for example, you see little black spots, that could be bacterial speck. Uh, you could have gray leaf spot. That's another problem. Powdery mildew can appear on tomatoes. Um, if you're starting to see your tomatoes wilt, like the whole plant just wilts, uh, and assuming it's not just you need to water them, it could be a bacterial wilt, and that's fairly easy to uh, identify. Uh, Fusarium wilt is another very common wilt that we see on tomatoes, the lower leaves tending to turn yellow. Uh, you have other types of wilts that uh, will occur. And a lot of these things will occur on tomatoes that are stressed, tomatoes that are overwatered or underwatered, or of course, in a very humid, very wet environment like we are experiencing this year, at least in the first part of uh, the month here of July. So what can you do? What can you do? Well, uh, there's a few things out there that I really like. So I love to use some of the uh, products which are more natural out there. So there's one called Serenade. I like that product a lot. Uh, you want to apply these products before you start seeing problems. So I like to apply Serenade every 7 to 14 days during the course of the growing season, especially as we start seeing more humid weather in the summer. Uh, if you wait until you have uh, problems on your leaves, you can still try to do it, but uh, sometimes the plant can get away from you and the serenade will not kind of cure things. It'll just sort of keep things at uh, the level that they are. So, so be aware of that. Uh, then there's other products out there that are uh, sort of work naturally. Uh, so one of those would be uh, something that we have here uh, that is called, I uh, want to get the right name of it, Actinovate. So Actinovate is a foliar spray. Uh, you can use it as a drench. And Actinovate actually uh, is a highly concentrated uh, beneficial bacteria that you put in water and you spray on the plant. And I've used that extensively as well. Uh, A-C-T-I-N-O-V-A-T-E. Uh, you can Google it. And, and it's not uh, an inexpensive uh, product, but it works really well. So there's a, another product. There's also something called Oxidate, which is a hydrogen dioxide for field crops. So this is a nice product, which kind of kills a lot of the spores that are out there as well. So there's three products that I've used in the past. And the other one, if I get to the point where I feel like my plants are, are, are just going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep them, I use something with copper in it. So there's copper fungicides, and those are also approved by Omri. Now, 
if you get to a point where nothing's working, there are synthetics out there, but you're no longer going to be organic and you are using a rather harsh, you know, fungicide on your plants. You're using something that organic gardeners would certainly not use. And, you know, it's sort of a personal choice at that point. When you buy tomatoes, if you're not buying organic tomatoes in the store and you buy them, they're using that stuff. And if you're at a point in, you know, July or August and you're about to get your tomatoes and all of a sudden disease is ripping through there and your choice is no tomatoes or you're going to use a synthetic, then, you know, you might have to go ahead and use a synthetic. I'm not going to say I've never done it. I try not to. Uh, I've used it less and less and less over the past couple of decades. But there are times in the past where disease has just not been able to be controlled organically. And I've had to go with some synthetics. It's been a while, but uh, it has happened to me in the past. So hopefully some of this information uh, is useful to you as you're growing your tomatoes. And again, I really think that... uh, spacing them, letting that airflow around them is critical. And the other thing I would say, if you are getting into a situation where you have to water them, and I'm not there this year, uh, you want to try to water very early in the morning, kind of a pre-sunrise. Try not to do any overhead watering. If, you can, if you're doing it by hand, you can go out there and you know really water. Uh, if you have just a few tomatoes, you could actually use just a watering can, and you could just you know take them and get it right close to the ground, Uh, If you have a large, extensive area of tomatoes, try to use drip irrigation. But if you have to overhead water, which I know some folks might, do it so early that once the sun comes up, uh, it'll dry things out really quickly and you won't have that water sitting on the plants, which is going to spread the disease as well. If you water, say, at 7 o'clock in the evening, you're leaving your plants wet all night, you're definitely promoting more disease, and that's something you certainly do not want to do. So in wet summers, disease is going to be more prevalent. You really need to be checking diligently your tomatoes because uh, it's likely, especially in the Northeast this year, that we are going to see tomato diseases really starting to spread. I'd love to hear from you. You can always find me, Dave at growingwisdom.com. I'm on Twitter, at growingwisdom. Please give me your questions and any feedback or anything else you want to know. If there's a topic you want me to do a little podcast on, let me know that as well. Have a great day.